spiritual awakening is not about finding something. It's not about seeking for something. It's about unwinding something or something else completely to awaken through you. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Lo, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. What a conversation this is about to be. I can energetically feel it. It is the full moon in Pisces. No coincidence that I am recording with my incredible guest today. I am so honored and excited to welcome Rachel Jane Groover, who is the founder and CEO of The Awakened School. Today's tea is going to be all about spiritually awakening to bring lasting peace to planet Earth, to the global consciousness on Mother Earth, and who better to talk about it with? So, Rachel, Jane, thank you so much for joining me on the House of Low podcast. My pleasure. It's so great to be here. And I've been enjoying your spiritual and edgy conversations that are so important to have right now. Wow. Thank you for that. That means more than you know to me. So, thank you. I would really love to start out with you just telling everyone what you do, what you're focused on, anything about your background that you feel called to let everyone in on, and also anything you are excited about at this particular time in your life. Yeah, well, let's go backwards. I'm really excited right now about a property that we just purchased. It's an old historic church. Oh my God. Yeah, in downtown Loveland, Colorado. Wow. So people come in through the Denver airport and it's about 55 minutes from there. And we've had a dream of our own ambient sacred space for many, many years for the Awakened School. (sighs) And it's just, we're going through the renovation of it. You know, stained glass windows are still there, but it was an old Lutheran church and then Baptist church. And we're going to make it into our sacred space for our work, which is not religious by any stretch, spiritual, but not religious and have a lot of different paths coming into the work. And so I always love a design project, you know, I'm like, you I'm creative and I love beauty and I love space and energy of space. So I am having the time of my life right now after many years of wanting it. So That's now. And then, you know, going back in history, we've been doing the Awakened School since 2010, approximately, my husband and I, and it just started. 12 years, 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. I was trying to do coaching beforehand. So 2006, I was given the proverbial two by four by the universe that you're out of your job. I had a bad back injury. Sorry. was down. Yeah. I mean, that was the two by four. Yep. It was wanting to do the my body. Own. The body keeps score. <laughs> legit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Keeps yeah. score. So yeah, we've kind of been doing it. I, 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 I say before we had a clue about business and after we had a clue about mm-hmm. business. So there was a few years before we had a clue, but 
2009-10, around that time, we moved from Ashland, Oregon to Colorado. Yes. That was just a big turning point for us, just understanding that it's not enough to just be good at the skill that you're good at. You know, I've always had a natural skill of facilitating people's transformation and coaching and things like that. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to build a multi-seven-figure business, you know, do the book launches and the whatever launches you're doing. We really had to learn that. So we've balanced out with the yin and the yang, if you will, in our business. It's been an amazing and difficult ride, as you know, and anyone else who's trying to do their own thing. Business is a spiritual practice. I mean, everything to me is a spiritual practice and it gives me opportunity to learn and grow. So I've used that along the path and really enjoyed working with mostly people who've been on a personal and spiritual development path for decades. Mm. They've been on this journey for a long time. They're not talking about law of attraction 101. Right. Absolutely. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we were wanting an elevated conversation about what really creates spiritual awakening. Because I know you see it as well, that people have been on a path for a long time and they still know that something's not actually clicked in. That whole, um, what Eckhart Tolle is talking about has not happened yet. You know, like kind of get this sense. And so a few years ago, I really, well, I received it. It definitely was a download first of, you don't believe that, you can reach enlightenment this lifetime. It was said in those words, which wow. is a weird Ooh, I feel it. I feel that. Oh my God. Yes. And I was like, okay. And spirit said, well, well, do you want it? And I said, I do. I do. And this was, I think, four years ago now, four wow. or five years ago now. And within about six months of me setting that intention, <laughs> some very, 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 very powerful experiences happened in a sequence. And I'm, you know, my mind and the way everything operates in my earth suit is completely different. The experience of not having that suffering anymore and that deep peace is there as a constant where it wasn't before, even though I could see my transformation happening, I could see that I was letting go and I could see my relationships were stronger. But the drop-in of unwavering stillness hadn't happened until a few years ago. And so now I'm very, very passionate about the distinctions of what keep people who've been on the path for decades stuck in the trap right before what I call you're going to get sucked through the portal and everything's going to be quiet after that because I didn't understand it. And I was doing, I was teaching. Yes. So powerful. Thank you for sharing all of that. (laughs) I have experienced things that I think every human prays are possible but few ever are open enough to receive or experience them. And when I say them, I mean profound, quote unquote, spiritual experiences, downloads. I have heard the voice of our creator about four times in my life. I'm clairaudient, I'm clairsentient, I'm clairvoyant, psychic, intuitive, and everyone is technically psychic. It's just most people are asleep to their own gifts and most people don't trust themselves. And I think that, People like you and I that are being asked by the divine to step into 
truly being a leader. And I have this notion I say a lot, which is leaders go first. There's no one to follow. You have to be so utterly (laughs) trusting in the divine and in God to do this work because we are surrounded by doubt, fear, and scarcity in our world. My episode this week, I don't pretend to know why the third dimension is like this, but I do know earth was not always like this. We all know. And we are living through the greatest shift I would argue planet earth has ever gone through. And there is no blueprint. It's all about coming home to ourselves within, coming home to the power within. And I feel that we're all being asked in our own lives to show and demonstrate what it's like to just lead by example with living this way, right? It's not always this like profound purpose and like everyone's going to be well known. You know, I think that it's really about how am I treating the person I walk by on the street? What is the energy I'm sending them? How am I treating myself? And so I want to kick off with talking about your perspective on earth, Mama Gaia, and your perspective on the shifts that are happening right now and what you feel the consciousness is, the consciousness, excuse me, is currently and what consciousness we're being asked to activate. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think the nature of the universe in its divine order is expansion mm-hmm. and then balancing and sustaining mm-hmm. and then expansion and then balance to sustain. Yeah. And so we've expanded in so many ways, technically, you know, technologically, I mean, and consciousness wise and all of those things. And there's been a lot of things that have not worked in that expansion. So we're seeing more expansion at the same time as more regression. Yeah, like contraction. Yeah, and positive regression. So if you think right. of evolutionary consciousness moving as it would work for the earth and for all, but when something doesn't work, it's going to find a way to regress back to that point and try again. Yes. Just like it does in our own individual life, you know, yeah, a relationship. It's like, oh, that relationship wasn't actually in my best interest. Let's regress back. It feels like we've just gone back to square one. We haven't, but we've come back. And so that's what's happening with a lot of the awakening now that people are seeing, you know, health industry and politics and all of these things regressing. And so they look worse in the yeah. moment, but it has to occur. Yes. And so we can find where we we went off in order to create something else. So it is a time of excitement for me. And it is a time of a lot of fear and a lot of scarcity for people if they don't understand that this is a natural part of being able to move and sustain it, not just if the few of us be all happy and peaceful and joyful and seeing the bigger picture, but more of us to be able to experience that. And so what's being called for, I would put it in one word, receptivity. Wow. Consciousness of receptivity, because that's when you're getting your downloads low 
right? That's when you receive a spiritual experience. You don't create a spiritual experience. (laughs) You don't create the download. You open to receive the download or receive the relationship or receive the support. And I did not realize this, that receptivity was the most important aspect of being pulled through the portal to have a spiritual experience that would allow the drop into it being consistent. Because I'd had spiritual awakening experiences before, you know, I'm sure you can relate. And then back, you know, I was like, oh, I'm back. What what happened there? Whether they lasted a few weeks, a few months, a few hours. Yes. But the receptivity for it to hold, which it has now held for me after many, 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 many years of practicing, that receptivity allowed me to get that spiritual awakening is not about finding something. It's not about seeking for something. It's about unwinding something or something else completely to awaken through you. I want to say that again, because people get it kind of backwards when they're in the middle of it, because the ego is very, very tricky. I thought, the ego thought, I'm going to awaken. Rachel Jane is going to awaken at some point. She's going to become Eckhart Tolle, right? That's what the ego's thinking. I can't awaken. The process of awakening is realizing in an embodied experience that I am not Rachel Jane. I am not Rachel Jane. I have opened to receptivity enough through my earth suit, my head portal, my heart portal, my gut portal, to have the awakening that something is coming through me Mm. and it has now woken up to itself that it is through me. So it's not just a pure consciousness, it's pure consciousness, divine, seeing itself for the first time through the Rachel Jane's earth suit. And that's different. That's the game. And I didn't understand that until I really understood receptivity as a ongoing way to live versus being good at, you know, getting my journal and receiving answers and all of that, which I'd become good at. And that's very important. But how do you sustain being receptive, particularly like you say, when you're in a world that's moving fast and it's shifting and what's going to happen and who do I tell and who do I not tell? And don't you see this? And you're crazy. No, you're crazy. I mean, it's just, it's, it's wild, wild. Out there. it's wild out there. <laughs> yeah. I have to say that is a mic drop moment for sure. Everything you just said felt like a transmission. I was actually tearing up. When you dropped the word receptivity, my body teared up. And what I felt was my soul was like, you're getting it now. Our soul is connecting right now. And our soul is looking at each other as mirrors going, you guys are getting it now. You have awoken, right? And this awakening, ascension, transcending, transmutation. It's all the same. Enlightenment, illumination. I used to think there's like these steps, but really it's all just an ongoing, it's like cyclical. There's no like, oh, transformation's first, then ascension is second. It's like, no, no, it's all happening in one big mixing bowl. And to be honest, like 
it is that going back and forth that we do that makes us take steps backwards when we really don't have to. Receptivity is the wound humanity faces from centuries of things that there's a lot of mystery to all of it. But you and I have obviously been here how many times, how many lifetimes? So, (laughs) you know, and we lived through a lot of the dark, dark, dark periods that earth went through. I certainly did. And so this is how I phrase what I think is happening on the earth. And it's really been helping me a lot and helping other people, men, women, and everyone across the spectrum, because I think everyone's like, what is really happening that can we can ground into? What I believe has happened, and this is since the beginning of, let's just call it centuries ago, earth has been operating from the egoic consciousness, there's no doubt, but also has been operating from the wounded masculine, shaky foundation. The feminine has been completely silenced. And what's happening, back to your point about balance and harmony not being just like a smooth process, is the wounded masculine has been running the show. The egoic consciousness has been running the show. The feminine, the divine feminine rising, quote unquote, whatever people call it, is coming into balance. And it's sort of like when an earthquake happens, there's like the plates shift. It's the same thing with the feminine and the masculine. And this is not gender. I can't express this enough. Like it is not gender. It's confusing because gender and sort of like the energies, I think people get very confused, right? Because we oh, live absolutely. Through, right. And there's all the, the identities and I honor every single yeah. gender identity. This is about the fact that no matter what your gender identity, sexual orientation is, you hold masculine and feminine energy, polarity, dark yeah. and light, being and doing. And so this is the way of the universe. This is not a gender thing. This is like absolutely, absolutely. And there's something actually that I talk about in the art of feminine presence was the first body of work that I created back over 10 years ago. And we traveled around the world. We've had 35,000 people go through art of feminine presence at some level. And this would come up. What's the feminine? What do you mean? You know, and then depending on the the year it was and the narrative, it was like this and that. And I would say there's three levels of consciousness that we have to be aware of when we're bringing the divine feminine or the divine masculine together, however, like you said, whatever words you want to use it, but words are important for the understanding of what we're working with. So there's pure consciousness or pure awareness that is not masculine nor feminine. Yes. It just is, it's being. And then we have what a lot of people are calling the divine masculine, divine feminine, but I like calling it the yin and the yang. Sure. Because people put these labels on feminine, masculine. And with the art of feminine presence, it's all about helping women be in their magnetism and in their receptivity and in their safety to be seen. And so they're working on, you know, a lot of women feel invisible. And like, why is that? What's the energy of invisibility? What's the energy of visibility? And I say, you've got to have a balance of yin and yang when you are in that space, right? Balance of yin and yang. And at the same time, we have a dominant sexual essence in our earth suit. Mine and yours is feminine. Yes. And so that's sexuality. That's the sexual essence of a person, whatever gender you are, it's the essence. And so we're working with these three things. Can I be open to, I am this infinite 
energy flowing through. I am in an earth suit and I want to have a balance of yin and yang. And I'm going to do it from my feminine because that's what makes me happy and joyful because that's what my body is. And all of those things are important. And the first one, I want to go back to what you said earlier about receptivity of having something come through you and awaken to itself. And what happens is the ego wants to take credit for it when it occurs. And so you're you're laughing, but you're muted. So I don't know if anyone can hear your laughter. But... <laughs> I can't help but laugh. I love the <laughs> ego. I try to love the ego, but I just... Absolutely. The ego thinks that I can't. I, I won't go into it. it. I mean, it wants to take credit for every spiritual awakening experience that it can. So we've got to be careful too when, and and I'm hoping it's okay to be nuanced here because I know you've got an elevated group having a great conversation, but when we get a sense of something's coming through and it's not me, remember, spiritual awakening is not about finding something. It's about unwinding something. We could say unwinding the ego, unwinding the earth from its contraction. And so when it's open and then I experience new eyes, the ego wants to say, someone sending me a message and I'm getting it. Oh, I've done well. I'm getting it. And now it's all coming through. Yeah. And that's not what's happening. No. It's that unwinding. So I know vernacular me and you say, you know, we're being asked to do this. We're being asked to do that. In the nuance of it, we're not being asked to do anything. No. Right? We're just being receptive because it feels great. It feels peaceful. Yes. Yes. And the the truth is like the reason the feminine is coming into balance is because the divine is telling humanity on planet earth, you all think that you have to do everything to receive anything. What we actually need to learn the art of and the practice of that you're articulating is to receive. The feminine receives. The masculine gives, the feminine receives. I know sometimes these things are described in binary terms, but I try to distill it down, right? Think about yin and yang. Think about sexually. Do we give? No, we receive. We're designed to receive the feminine portal for creation, right? And the masculine is designed to penetrate. And to be honest with you, like reading more on the sexual essences that describe masculine and feminine polarity has been really helpful for me. And it's not so much... I mean, yeah, it's amazing to understand the sexual polarity aspect of it, but it's more, it helps to just visually, because the ego's like, show me this visually, you know? And I think for people to really think about how are you receiving your life? This is what I ask people to look at and reflect on. Are you receiving your life as punishment? Are you receiving your life as suffering and pain? Or are you answering the call that's coming from within? The soul is a gentle nudge. God does not make us panic. That's the ego and the fear and the pain and stuff in a lot of ways. So, 
you know, for me, it's like I have recently made these very big shifts in my life and I've been operating and practicing every day for the last like three months. What does it look like for me to just receive my life? To wake up today, be very, very, it's like coming back to the zero point field. The zero point field is another fancy word for the present moment. It's like, I'm just waking up today, super excited to see what's going to happen versus operating in a way where I have to work like a dog for my self-worth. I have to look a certain way to ever be loved. What does it look like to make the shift of I can flow and I'm lovable as I am today? Exactly. That's a great question for everyone listening to ask. What does receptivity feel like to me? when I'm having breakfast or when I'm having a cup of tea with my friend? What does receptivity feel like when I'm in the car? There's no accident that my, I'd call them bookends of my spiritual awakening experience a few years ago that changed everything. There was no accident that the first bookend happened after five days of being in retreat, receiving my next book. I said, I'm just going to receive it. What came through was a very, very clear voice. I had heard it many times. I said, what's the book about? And they said, you've got one question. And the most important question you could ever ask, that's what we're going to write on the book. And I thought about it for a minute or so. And I said, well, the most important question I can think of is, is it possible for me to reach enlightenment this lifetime? And it said, yes, of course, and book done, you know, laugh, laugh, ha, ha. But for five days, this voice coached me through every area that I was stuck, not understanding how the process worked. And it was just, I'm typing as fast as I could for five days, but that's receptivity, isn't it? It's receptivity. And so I finished it. I was in Hawaii, so that helped, (laughs) the the land of receptivity. And so I went to a new island and it started unwinding. My eyes shifted, my, what I was seeing shifted, my mind went silent. It had no comment on anything whatsoever for days. And I was lucky to be with a group of Art of Feminine Presence sisters a few days later because they could kind of hold space for what was happening because I didn't quite understand what was happening. I had had glimpses before. So I'm saying that story because when those things happened and part of the book was about the how important receptivity was to spiritual awakening, I was in the car. As actually, it was a big bus. We were going to swim with the dolphins. And I'm sitting in the front of the bus on my own, people behind me, and I was like, What's it like to receive the road? You know, the big, huge buses that have got the huge windows. What is it like to just receive the road? And then I would receive the water and I would receive the person. And it was really deeply experiential versus just receive more. Because I'd heard that. Just be more receptive. Well, what the freaking hell do you mean? And it was really very much energetic. And so that kept me able to be in that space versus the ego, which it had done many times before, 
taking credit for it until my husband, who is amazing, amazing guy, Dada Groover, he at the time didn't realize what was going on. That's as best as I could say, like something profound. And though I know you can feel what I'm talking about, like it was like, what the hell is happening to me? And I had been through a lot before and he didn't get it. like, well, are you making this up? And are you da 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 And, you know, I'm seeing visions and da 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 And I could feel the ego come up and go, he doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. And so I knew, oh, you're muted. I was going to say the temptation <laughs> to shut him out. Just whatever. I may have heard it wrong. I might have misunderstood. I don't know till this day, but it felt like a closure. And then my ego comes in and goes, he doesn't get how special this is. And then I knew the deed has not been done. Yes. And so it was a year of a lot of working on unwinding, mostly with my husband of like, people have got to get that this is what's happening. You know, no one needs to get what's happening because there's no one else. Like, this is what it is. And so the other bookend was seven day silence retreat. Wow. Unplugged receptivity. What was that like? Tell us about the silence piece. What was it like to do that? Well, I'm an introvert, so it was kind of subliming. <laughs> You're right at home. You're like, oh, I feel great. I feel the best I've ever felt. <laughs> so it was sublimey for a day. I had a choice of who to do it with, and I did it with Adya Shanti, who is brilliant, yeah. a spiritual teacher. And he had some dates that I could do, and I'd never met him before. I just had seen some YouTube videos. Actually, I found him when searching after this experience with Dada, of what happens after awakening, because there's really not a ton about that process. It's more about kind of what I was used to of like how to- Yeah, I agree. There's nothing on that. (laughs) How to transform. And he had some videos on it. And so I found him. So I ended up going there and being an introvert, I thought, oh gosh, quiet, unplugged. I'm a busy woman. I'm running, you know, I mean, it's not a huge company, but we have like 11 or 12 full-time employees plus all the vendors and many, many events a year. And so for the first 24 hours, I was sitting there, if you can imagine, just going, oh, it's so (laughs) quiet. And my mind is not really doing anything. And I can sense other people struggling. And I just love that I don't struggle and I could do this for days. And wow, maybe I should do more silence. Maybe I should bring more silence and this kind of thing into my work. And I'm just kind of doing my thing until the following day when Adia said, let's talk really about what spiritual awakening is. Mm. And if you're sitting there, you know, struggling, blah, 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 this is what you do. But if you're sitting there thinking that you've got it all down and you're just in silence and and then all of a sudden your mind starts to think about how you could improve on your work or your your business, then yes. that's not what we're doing here. And he just, yeah. from the back corner, like, how do you, in my mind, like what's right. going on? And I heard things differently again. Like, you know, they, they have to go in 300 times before they go in and oh. you really get the medicine. like, And there's just certain things that went in. And so I began 
silence in a different way. I spent many, many days trying to find Rachel Jane yeah. and find her. And I had done that before, but I hadn't allowed myself 72 hours straight to right. try to find her. <laughs> and that time is so necessary. The time, and that's why seven days, we do a five-day silent retreat now. We do two mm. of Those are great. But like the longer, the better in my experience. But you need guidance as well. You know, I know a lot of people have done Vipassana and other things, but I really got the medicine because I was able to ask a question when I really had an important question around the distinction of what was happening within me. Yeah. And this beautiful, don't look there, look here kind of thing, like not in that direction, in this direction. That's where I'm most passionate about my work now is because I can see people as they speak, they're going in the wrong direction and they think they're going in the right direction. They're going in the direction of the ego, but it's a very refined spiritual growth person ego. And so they're getting trapped still there. Yes, And that's what I was doing. That's what I was totally doing. I needed someone to kind of show me that who understood the difference. And I didn't know anyone who understood the difference. And so even though I'm not a big follower of a guru, Adya was huge in- Your expansion with that. Yeah, pointing me in that direction. And so by day seven, I, well, let me just give you one more thing about the silence. The last evening, I woke up in the middle of the night in sweats with a very, very bad dream. The third dream that I had been eaten and- kind of woke up there, heard the voice and just had to deal with my terror of letting go. Yeah. And I just sat there and sat there and cried and let the earth suit unwind without touching it. And then it kind of was that bookend of done. Not that I haven't had an experience before of since of my husband triggering me, but it's once every year yeah. compared to once every <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. Once every week, at least. Yeah. You know, the one piece about the silence is that it's just you. When we allow ourselves to be in stillness or silence, we meet ourselves at a level that feels almost impossible because of how stimulated we are in our culture right? And work culture and relation, every aspect of our culture is about us doing. That's why it's about out of balance. attention. It contracts our attention on something versus spiritual awakening is unwinding a contraction. So you can't do this in a normal life experience. It doesn't happen. Your habits have to change. Your routine has to change. Even today, like this morning, I was downtown. I'm in Portland, Maine, and I was downtown like by all the shops and restaurants. And I had to walk out of there because I could feel everybody's energy so intensely. That's part of my challenge with my gifts. And I literally need like six hours probably alone in silence. And people in my life don't always understand that. Like people struggle with that in our lives when we go through these phases because like you don't just have a spiritual awakening, quote unquote, or experience a spiritual breakthrough. And then you're the same after. You have to operate differently, you know? Wow. And 
there's people that I really have found through my awakening, and I'd be curious your perspective on this, where my biggest challenge in life is boundaries. Like I'll just merge with everyone and yeah. that's the big challenge for me. Yeah. And I've had to learn that my higher self's like, Lo, you're different now. Like you can't operate the way you did prior exactly. to this. Exactly. So talk to me about how you teach people to make those shifts. And also the thing that I want to explain is that this doesn't mean that I shut everybody out or like nobody in my life can be. This, no. this means that it's clear who the people are in my life that elevate my energy and frequency and yes. who the people are that drain me. Yes. Yes. Well, the merging is a really important topic. A lot of the art of feminine presence is with women who very much relate to what you just said, Lo. They kind of, they're open, they're sensitive to energies. They take on a lot, you know, they need six hours after the mall. I mean, I remember the first time I did teacher training, our teacher training for Art of Feminine Presence is six days. I only had eight women in the room, my first one. I needed two weeks after that six-day training. Nowadays, I can do three six days back-to-back with one day in between, and I'm fine because Art of Feminine Presence is about how do you stay super contained in your earth suit when that's not usually the way that it is. I call diffusing, you know, you're probably a diffuser in the sense of you're in the whole room. Yep. Um, I'm a shrinker. I tend to kind of shrink my energy because I've had sure. trauma of don't be so bright and big and the whole yep. tall poppy syndrome and yep. in Australia. And So we have these energetic ways that our earth suit's working, but if you don't work with that, it's going to be hard for the awakening process because you'll hit a wall because the extent to your awakening, if awakening means knowing that you're not low, you know that you're not who you thought you were for the last many decades, and you are opening to an experience of infinite, then That comes through the energetic vertical core. When you're dispersed, you're not in a potent vertical core place. To receive it. To to receive receive it. Exactly. So we're doing a lot of work on the vertical and a lot of work on the energetic, I call it the light globe, but your bioenergetic field of out. So you can keep this energy because you'll be able to receive it, but also be able to sustain it. Well, right? that's the key, right? People are like saying, how do I maintain this way of being and living and expand in it versus yes. nobody transcends the ego. That's an illusion to transcend it in this dimension, in this life. Enlightenment doesn't mean the ego goes away. Enlightenment means I welcome all of it and I am none of it. Like it's both, you know, in a lot of ways. And for me, people really are afraid of looking deep at their shadow. And that's the big boulder, the big mountain to climb to reach enlightenment, right? And to know that, yes, we are everything and nothing. I don't resonate with some of the Buddha stuff, to be honest with you. I'm more Christ consciousness. That's what I'm here to do. But I know there's a lot of people that are here to bring down principles of Buddhism Buddhism to me can feel a little cold sometimes. And I openly say that because 
I have so much love to give that I can't imagine being that detached. Like I refuse to be, to be honest with you. But my big lesson is to learn the art of sort of like non-attachment to receive my life, right? It's to receive, the detachment isn't, I'm cold, nothing makes me feel anything. Detachment is, I don't need this thing and I'm detached and now I can receive all that is meant for me, which is usually what we deeply desire. I am experiencing this in my own life right now. They're guiding me to write a book on it. If it were up to me, I'd hide in a cave about my journey. But no, no, the divine's like, this is going to be very, very public. (laughs) So fine, no problem. I'm in service to the creator. But for me, it's like, I struggle with sometimes the Buddhist principles. I've never resonated with them, but I see the usefulness of them. And I know you're not just talking about Buddhism, but I just want to call that out because I actually be very curious your opinion on some of the masters. Because I feel like as I go deeper in my journey awakening, and I'm sure you're the same and you teach people, you realize every ascended master has so much value to give us and it's all connected. But I know that can be controversial, but what's your perspective on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of resonate with what you said with the Buddhist tradition. I've never really resonated with it that much because of the same thing. It felt very like the word emptiness. I was always like, I don't want emptiness. I want fullness. I want fullness. I'm the feminine. And so things like emptiness and kind of sitting there zen on a pillow where I want flowers and sensuality and all that kind of thing. So it didn't quite resonate until I went through my own experience of what emptiness is. Mm, I just talk about it. Let's talk about it. I only knew it as a concept. Yes. And I didn't like it as a concept. Yes. It's so beautiful. This is key. I just read a huge book on this and I'm I'm living it as well. When Rachel Jane talks about receptivity, guys, she's talking about the only way to receive anything spiritually, to receive anything physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, is to be an empty vessel. Right. Space, right? I teach abundance. People, everybody wants to make a million dollars, but do we reflect on can I hold the energy that a million dollars is? Exactly. Talk about it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a great way. The emptiness in everything. But to me, like, it's a weird visual, but I was sitting overlooking the Hudson River yeah. in, up in New York State meditating. And the Hudson River is emptiness. There's nothing there that has to be. It just moves. The Hudson River doesn't want anything. It doesn't ask you low for anything. It doesn't Mm. require anything. It's empty. Yeah. It just is. And so when I got the just isness of empty, and I'm going to botch this Buddhist quote, but it's enlightenment is realizing that there is nothing. Yeah. And then falling in love with the 10,000 things. Yeah. With everything. And so that's what you're talking about of what's resonated with you of the love. If someone awakens, which a lot of people do just on the mental level in the meditation process where they're like, oh, I am all of it. it. I am this Christ consciousness coming through. I get it. I am. But the heart's not open to loving every politician Every part of it. Every part of it. Yeah. Then it's not done. It it hasn't dropped in. And so it's both of those things. It is extreme non-attachment. 
Yes. And extreme love, meaning of all, an attachment to all, love of all. And so I swung Lowe's way where I was more in the love field and I had to work on being unattached to everything to be empty. And so that was my work. And And to be honest, like, guys listening, that's how she's been able to bring through books. Like, how does anyone create anything? And we're all artists as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. To create something, you can't be listening to 500 podcasts and music and talking to 10 different people on the phone (laughs) and running around all day and working and eating and shopping. Like, we'll never create anything. And I've had to look at my own habits daily and say, because I care about the legacy I'm here to leave. Like once I leave planet earth, that's it. Like it doesn't matter to me. I'll be back up in the dimensions, but it's like, while I am here, what am I going to do with this life? You know, there's people that I feel in the spiritual community that sort of like, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I'd be curious your opinion. There's like an elitist element in the spiritual community, right? And there's a lot of fighting within the community and it's like that defeats the entire purpose. There's a lot of lived experiences. None of us know all of it. None of us are the the biggest. Yeah. The biggest egos I have ever met in my life. Yes. Are spiritual teachers that have not, they all talk. It's bullshit. Yes. They all talk. Yeah. And they do their practices. They meditate. They do their yoga. They get their fancy good pants on. Yeah, good for you. But when the rubber meets the road, it's not what's happening. The ego has contracted and it's playing out a spiritual image. Yes. Well said. Well articulated. And there's people that are teaching a lot of people things about manifestation and all these things. And then people aren't experiencing this like step-by-step process in their life because life is not linear. It's cyclical. And then they're, they're going back into their ego. There is no formula, right? The universe is so vast and limitless. There's no formula. This is what's helped me a lot in my life. And it's helped, I've helped a lot of people with this too. It's like, I just believe, I know, not even believe, I know with every fabric of my being, that I am a soul, an eternal spiritual being, a fractal of the divine creator, God, mother, father, God, spirit, source, whatever we call it. Mm -hmm. And I have been here thousands of times. I've been on other planets. I just know that I am. And so I detach from the physical body while also having to care and love the body. Like That's the thing. It's both and. One day I'm going to write a book called Both And. You can't be unattached to the point where like you just don't care about your body anymore and like your physical life, that defeats the whole purpose, right? And everybody in the spiritual community right now, it feels like the activations over Lionsgate, it's like God is asking us to ground even further into planet Earth versus go up. Because I'm sure you've experienced that in your awakenings. For me, I I was all in the upper chakras for so many years and <laughs> every healer is like, you need to ground. Absolutely, like- absolutely. You know, people are like, yeah, out, 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 up, 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 out, yeah. out, out, more yeah. dimensions, fifth dimension, sixth dimension, seventh yeah. dimension. And very few people I have met, even people in the awakened school, which they've been doing this for a long time. These are yeah. mature people, psychologically mature. Many of them are therapists. They're done their work. They haven't got the 3D life happening. And that is critical for the sustaining of peace, the awakening as a sustaining. I work out. I eat well. I 
fast every day. I, I ground, I meditate. I mean, you have to have mastered <laughs> the third dimension. And so if you don't master right. that, good freaking luck. What good is that? And we live in a, the human experience is very difficult. Like other dimensions don't have duality. Other dimensions don't have fear. Other dimensions, things manifest instantly, instantly. Here, everything's slower, right? It's just how it is. And why it's that way, I don't know. But we have a physical body that has physical needs. We have an emotional spectrum that can be overwhelming, okay? You know, within the span of a day, I could experience despair and bliss, I have so much compassion, which this is like the principles of Christ consciousness, right? It's compassion, it's forgiveness, it's miracles, it's love, unconditional love. And that's where I want to end because I know we have a few minutes left. What I have recently really anchored into finally, after years of, since I was a child, I knew this, but I didn't understand it fully to really ground and anchor into it. But I am here to lead by example in what it means to embody unconditional love for myself and my divine counterpart, which I won't get into in this episode. But I am here to like, and then for everyone in my life and everyone I touch, to walk down the street at the vibration of unconditional love. This is what God has asked me to do and what my soul chose to do in this life. It's the last lifetime for me on planet Earth, as far as I know. So I want to hear your perspective on unconditional love, agape, what you think of it, and how do you look at the vibration of unconditional love? And do you feel that that is what earth needs us all to sort of well, un- Yeah. Unconditional love <laughs> is just the earth suit around the heart energy, the heart area yes. right here. When it's not contracted, it is that. I don't think I've ever said to myself, I really need to work on my unconditional love. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's no, no, be, I'm like, you. I'm, you know, you. I'm yeah. more, I'm more like. I That's our default. Be. That's our default. It's not yeah. getting to that place. Exactly. It's, it's the default. Yes. And so my path has been what contracts, what unwinds, what contracts, what oh, unwinds, oh, what oh. contracts. And because there's so much that's unwound, the way that my conversations go with my friends of like, really, you love that person? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, are you not upset by that person? No. no. But I'm not trying to do right. it because I've done the work on this vertical core through my heart, not closing down. Because when we don't feel safe, our heart's going to close down. Right when down. we feel that's safe, right. it's going to open. That's and right. so that's what my life was like. Open, close, open, close, open, right. close. When it's closed, I don't really like that person. When it's open, I love that person. Being in like a perpetual state of just being triggered all the time. That's what it's like. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. And so it is needed, but I think what's needed more is the person to look inward and go, what happens when you contract? What's making you contract? Forget about like in the early mornings when you're just with yourself and in the evenings when you're with yourself, you got to forget about this whole ego bullshit that's yes. happening around, am I manifesting? Am I not? Am I this? Oh, am I that? Is my million dollars coming? Even though that's part of it. I mean, I've loved making my million dollar empire and my sure. dream house and my dream marriage. And I've got, I've got a dream sure. life. Yep. I love manifestation. But in those moments, it's going to be, 
Like, no, nothing else comes first before where did I contract? Where? And what's my path to unwind that? And then all of a sudden, I've never used the word self-love. I need to self-love on myself. I need to be more unconditionally loving. I need to be more this. I just stayed on. And the art of feminine presence was the power of it. It, Teach what you need to learn, right? I was teaching this and it's all about grounding and unwinding and opening and receiving and grounding, unwinding and opening, receiving and containing. And all of a sudden, my earth suit was trained to be open, sustaining. And it's been amazing. And I really have appreciated this conversation. I know you've got some rapid questions, so I'll shut up so you can ask those, but really, really important conversation around spirituality. And I'm hoping some people get a nuance for themselves of where they might've just been a little off track. Wow. I cannot wait to read your book. You have multiple books, don't you? (laughs) I have two books, Powerful and Feminine was the first book, which was all around the the feminine essence and the sexual essence and spirituality, how that comes together. And then Divine Breadcrumbs is my search for true love and enlightenment. I am ordering these, like literally, I'm looking at them right now. (laughs) I'm at real time because I don't want to forget because I will. (laughs) I'm so excited to read them. You are such a powerful soul and everything you are here to do and have done is it's literally shifting hearts and minds. And I just want to honor you for that and honor you for making the time for me and my, my beautiful community. It's an honor to speak with you. I feel it's funny. I pulled an Oracle card weeks ago that said you are going to come into the presence of a spiritually advanced soul who holds the feminine, who will teach you about more of your feminine. You're it. It's you. And also when you were talking at the top of our conversation, when you spoke about Loveland and the space you bought yes. to your husband, I heard you will visit her. So well, we'll I look Can't forward to, to that. Big Can't hug. Wait to and I never knew what Loveland, Colorado was. And they're telling me I'm supposed to go there. So another topic. <laughs> this is the magic, my loves. I am recording this live and I am hearing guidance about my connection to Rachel Jane live. This is what it means to be in tuned with mm-hmm. divine, your soul, mm-hmm. call it whatever you want, call it nothing, call it everything. It doesn't matter. I will not question that guidance. That's how I live my life. I know yeah. I'm supposed to meet you. I know I'm supposed to go there and mm-hmm. I will receive my life as I go. Oh, and it's your word. It's yeah. your word. Love land. <laughs> That's right. That's my word. Love. That's right. So thank you endlessly. I want to take us through a few rapid fires. You've got to tell them what's on my dish. Yeah. She's wearing a shirt with love on it, which you know, the divine works in mysterious ways. And- I was told, right. I was told, wear the t-shirt today. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that makes me so happy. Yeah. I, I have to say, I everyone's going to laugh. I did not sleep last night. And so I'm literally sitting on my bed in this bed and breakfast I'm staying in. And I'm like in my sports bra. And I'm just like, God, I hope Rachel Jane is not offended. She's looking I, very sexy. This is how Very beautiful. Very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, that's how comfortable I felt with you right away, which is such a gift when you meet mm-hmm. other souls that you just, you know, so thank you for receiving me in this way. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I am so excited to get these answers. So here we go. First question for you, what does it mean to come home to you? To come home to me means to experience the expanse Mm. of what I am made of, 
Wow. I have to breathe through that. <laughs> that was so beautiful. I feel like I'm tearing up hearing that. Thank you. Next question. Give me one word that describes you and your essence. I don't know why this is coming, but cute. Oh, you are cute. <laughs> you I've are. never said that about myself ever, but you it was are. like speak it. <laughs> your husband would agree for sure. <laughs> Not cute face. I'm, I'm like, I've got, a, you know, you look wonderful. washed hair day or whatever. But yeah, I think part of that's just, I feel more of my innocence these days and more yeah. of my, you know, love and innocence and that childlike usefulness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. May we all come home to our inner child. What's your mantra for life? What's one of them you really? <laughs> yes. Don't bother me now. I'm too busy being delusional. give me some alone time i'll be back i'll be back i'm dreaming up some church i'm gonna buy you know (laughs) oh that's the best one i've heard thus far wow thank you for that i'm taking that one for my own life okay next rapid fire what ritual makes you feel gorgeous making love Mm. with my sweetheart yes I feel that. Thank you. What is an action you took recently that came from a place of abundance? Picking all the zucchini and chard out of my veggie garden and giving it to the team. There was like oh, so many of them. That's so harvest, literally a harvest. Harvest. So magical. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love this time of year and all the food and the vegetables mm-hmm. and the fall. The best. Mm-hmm. Okay, two more rapid fires. What is something that can always be found on your table, wherever you are, whatever table you're at? What's something you always have with you or is on your table? They'll be able to hear it. Oh, wait, do it again. Can you hear it? No. Oh, well, it might be a little too high pitched, but it is my chimes, one of my chimes. Because every day in my work, I'm probably leading two or three meditations or practices and to find, you know, putting that timing on it so I can really go deep and then know, okay, that's, that's the end. And a cup of tea. Yes. I love <laughs> Times it. And a cup of tea. What's your favorite tea? What's your go-to? Numi green jasmine. Oh my so God, Numi I'm pretty brand. sure that brand is downstairs in my bed and breakfast. Jasmine green tea, Numi brand. I drink just off the charts. That's about all I drink. Oh my gosh. That I is love downstairs. Drink. That's cool. telling me to drink that through you. Okay, great. <laughs> up. Thank you. Okay. Last question. What nourishment brings you the most joy? What way that you nourish yourself? It could be through any way you nourish yourself. What brings you the most joy in that nourishment? I think making beauty. I'm a gardener. A few years ago, when everyone was locked down, I became yes. a gardener and doing the church. Like, I just have, I don't feel more joy when I am making something with my hands and in the earth and turning something that's very plain and barren into something extremely beautiful and lush. Wow. And that is the most beautiful place to end. 
Oh, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. I mean, what a gift you are. And I cannot wait to read your books and dig further into the Awakened School and visit you very, very, very soon. Please let everyone know where they can connect with you and everything that you have going on and where you would even point people to start when it comes to your work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone can go to the awakened school. It's the ED at the end school.com, but a great place to start would be, I've got a free mini virtual retreat. It's just a few hours and you could do it all over, you know, a few hours or just little pieces and it's called Unwavering Stillness. So if any of you are really wanting to experience more of that embodied stillness, you can go to unwaveringstillness.com. Yeah. That's unwaveringstillness.com. And then you'll be able to see my face. I would have washed my hair that day and, you know, oh, got, 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 got my, <laughs> my outfit and you'll hear my chimes and just kind of get a feel for some of the practices that can take you into a still place. I've mentioned Art of Feminine Presence a lot. You can go to artoffeminineprescence.com as well and find out all of the things. And the church, which is called Casa Sagrada, which means sacred house in Spanish, that will be opening like late summer next year. So um, You know House of Low will be there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That is so divine. The name, the embodiment of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The website's not up yet because we it's demolished mode. Just if anyone's yeah wanting to get out of that kind of all virtual world that we've been in mid-2023 will be around. And we have an amazing community of people who are very, very mature, very loving, not that kind of, I've been in those realms that you were saying, the spiritual kind of, uh, nothing like that at all. Very safe, contained group and open arms to anyone that wants to check us out and visit us one day. Oh, please, please check out everything that Rachel Jane is doing, everyone. And I'll make sure to link all of it in the show notes. Rachel Jane, thank you endlessly for your energy, your time, your attention today. Thank you for every piece of wisdom and knowledge you brought through and transmuted today. And it was a transmission, I feel like. I need to go back and take notes. Thank you for embodying this in your own daily life personally, because you know, you're bringing through a lot, obviously, to help other people. But I always look at how are people living their life, you know, and I just honor you because you are the real deal for sure. And it's such an honor to be in your presence. And I just, I thank your soul for doing this dance again and helping as many people as possible. And it inspires me to continue in my own path. So thank you endlessly for all that is you. Mm, Thank you too, Lo, for your passion about this work. I really feel it, really get it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for being here and have the best, best day. You too. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, Low. Love.